0: Hopes Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. This episode is my account of surviving the Delta variant of COVID. It's my belief that many people are dying from complications from COVID um, that aren't realized until it's too late. I had a beloved uncle died last year from one of these complications. And I've had a couple of friends, uh, former co-workers who also died from similar causes. I, too, nearly lost my life to one such complication. I hope by sharing some of the knowledge I gained through the experience with the complications associated with COVID, it may help someone listening uh, to recognize some of these. And also, I want to share the spiritual experience in the off chance it, too, may help someone. The devotion focus Is that we are eternally safe in God's care regardless of events that happen to us in this life. And first of all, I'm not someone who flaunts any experience with God because these are deeply personal events. And secondly, I don't believe in showcasing experiences with God in an attempt to motivate God's people. I believe it often leads to Christians seeking God for some kind of experience something to generate excitement. I want to share what happened, but caution against seeking this kind of experience other than through prayer for God's glory and for our own uh, growth or sanctification. Anyone who seeks God in order to know him better and serve him out of love will experience sometimes wonderful revelations. But for me, these have been few and far between in my walk with God for the last 44 years. And that's 44 years this month, September 2021. And now the walk of faith by definition, believing what we cannot see, implies we should serve God without demanding or expecting a visible physical show of evidence. Jesus said, better are those who believe without seeing, seeing evidence. And this principle is found in John 4:48, where Jesus said to a man who asked him for a sign, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. About the COVID. On July 28th, I became ill thinking it was a cold and sore throat only, but by the next day recognized it as the same symptoms as COVID that I had the year before. So I went to a nearby lab a couple of days later and was tested. This test revealed positive for COVID with a 92% likelihood it was the Delta variant. Within another week, I was bedridden for the most part, but believed it would pass the same way as the year before with bed rest, vitamin supplements, and plenty of fluids. But this was an underestimate. Two weeks after becoming sick, I went to the ER, but was sent home being told there was nothing more that could be done. Another few days went by and another visit to the ER, this time at a different hospital. X-rays there revealed the onset of pneumonia, I was sent home with a five-day supply of antibiotics. And so yet another week went by, and I was too sick by this time to get out of bed and slept pretty much for 48 hours straight. Now, this was a mistake. If my wife had not been checking my oxygen levels every two hours, I would not have survived August 17th. At 3 a.m., this was 21 days after contracting the Delta COVID, she once again checked my oxygen, and this time it was down to fifty-one percent. And she urged me to get up for yet another visit to the ER, but I resisted. I was just so sick and weak. I told her I couldn't face going. But then the the only reason I relented and went was for her sake, since she attended to me around the clock for two weeks, and that was all the while, like the week after I came down with it, she contracted the virus, and yet still tended to me. Now on the ride right to the hospital. I breathed oxygen from a can called Boost. It's something athletes use, and all the while not knowing how near death I was. But as it turns out, this too contributed to my survival because by the time we got to the ER and a nurse took my oxygen level, it was now up to 62%. The doctor ordered a CT scan of my lungs and left. When she came back, everything changed. She explained how both lungs were full of pneumonia and also there were numerous blood clots. And these came about because I had lain around for those two days prior to this morning. She told me I was being transferred to the COVID ICU at the main hospital about 50 miles away. Now, this was the last thing I wanted to hear. And, but within two hours, I was placed in the last room available in ICU and told I would probably be there for three to five weeks. Now, it's hard to describe how I felt in that moment, because I I'd never been in any hospital for longer than a day, and that was after major surgery. And I must have groaned out loud or made a face because the pulmonary doctor standing there explained the danger I was in. It was not only the COVID, and not only having double pneumonia, but if one of the blood clots dislodged and went to my heart or brain, it could kill me. And that got my attention. Now here's where God had his way, where he set forth his will in all of this. I have to tell you, by this point, I was too sick to even pray, but I did read my Bible off and on for the next 48 hours, and I read it during all hours of the day and night, especially at night because it was so hard to breathe I couldn't sleep. Though I could not pray, I could think about God, which I did, a lot. The clarity that came to me of who God actually is must be attributed to the Holy Spirit. And I became aware of his absolute sovereignty and how he doesn't need us. But since he loves us so deeply, he chose to save us from his righteous wrath against the sin in us. I thought with renewed thankfulness how God the Father sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for the sins of the human race. And not only for the race, but for my sins against him, personal sins. Now, during those two dark nights, as I lay awake, God's spirit brought to remembrance the stark truth that God's will is the foundational reality to life. And then I realized, even though I could quote scripture about this truth, my life was lived lived another way, my way, when it came to God's will. I had always taken what I believed was God's will for any given circumstance and applied it to how I thought it should be lived out. Now, sometimes this was correct, but more often it resulted in me living in the flesh as a double-minded man. This realization was embarrassing and shameful, and I renounced it and confessed it as the sin it was before God. And then I embraced God as the loving father I never had. And then God made a choice clear to me to surrender everything to him regardless of the cost. And even after all I had been through, And knowing I could die without warning if just one of those clots turned loose, I still hesitated, giving up what I possessed. And I don't mean physical possessions only, but relationships and hopes and plans for the future. Especially the book it took me nearly 14 years to complete. It was now on Amazon, but needed promoting. And that was something I couldn't do if dead. You know what? After I mulled it all over, I saw how ridiculous I was to put such a high priority on my sense of possessions. And you can think about it as control, especially in light of eternity. And control is such an illusion anyway. So I surrendered. Now, this is where it gets powerful. After I surrendered, I had a peace come over me I've never experienced before. And I've surrendered before this numerous times. I've had peace before. But I see now surrendering. It's a process God brings us through, sometimes taking years as it did in my case. Now, I can be a stubborn man according to my wife, but thankfully, God is patient. And then the final part of this experience occurred when I embraced the reality that God's life is my life and his will is my submission. The things of life that once possessed me no longer have that hold on me. I use them, sure, but they are external to me now. I came to fully understand, as much as anyone can, Colossians 3.3, 3, which reads, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, this means literally our lives as Christians are covered and concealed as from judgment with Christ in God. This meant to me, our lives are to be lived from the top down, kind of like streaming from heaven but most of us are living from the bottom up. And so on the third day in ICU, I was given a breathing device called a spirometer, I think, and then shown how different sleeping positions can increase the intake of oxygen. I went to work and kept track of how many inhalations I made each hour using the spirometer. These deep breaths to function the meter were painful and induced a coughing fit with each intake of air but I kept at it because I feared being put on a ventilator. And then the combination of the medical staff's efforts in administering the COVID cocktail and the breathing exercises, all undergirded by God's people continuing to pray for me, all of this combined enabled me to go home the following Tuesday, six days after I entered ICU. And now the peace I experienced after surrendering in the hospital is still with me even though my old habitual thinking has returned and I must, it must be resisted throughout each day. And it's annoying how the old nature exerts itself. But this is now my fight of faith. And I still can't express enough thanks to God for saving my life. Words are not enough. I find I cannot adequately express my love to him either. It's like this. How would you describe color to someone born blind? It's kind of the way I feel when trying to thank God and express love to Him enough. And then there is the life of bearing fruit for God that Jesus taught in John 15. And God bears the fruit by Jesus' life in us and does so in measure according to how much we abide in Him daily. And now I want this to become more than a belief. I want God to bring glory to Himself by producing the fruit, or good works, through me. And listen. It is God's will we bear fruit, which may be thought of as good works, but it is good works he produces, and by this he's glorified. You see, God doesn't need us to work for him, but he allows it because this is the means he chose to accomplish his will on earth. And if you remember from episode 20, God's will is directed toward establishing his kingdom, and the privilege for us is participating as his children. In summary, my greatest takeaway from all of this is living in the relationship of loving God with everything within me and then loving others. When I asked God how to love others, because I'm not really a loving person by nature, he said to my spirit, not audible, to support them through encouragement and to help others when in need. Now, the action to consider is I can only offer this to pray as you've never prayed before. And by this, I mean to get alone with God and do that on a regular basis. Read his word and then sit quietly for a few minutes. Start out for brief periods and work up to longer times. And this is because if you're like many of us, you'll find it's hard to sit still and focus your thoughts on God for more than five minutes before our busyness, saturated minds begin to roam. And so next week's devotion is Seeking God making time for God's wisdom and guidance. I want to add a note here about the one thing that enabled me to survive by getting medical treatment in time, and that was the use of a pulse oximeter. When my oxygen levels fell to the low 80% range, I should have gone to the ER right then, not knowing that allowing it to fall all the way to 51% could be deadly. And the mistake was based in the false belief The pneumonia was a separate ailment, but in conjunction with the COVID virus, it was a deadly combination. The oximeters are commonly available in drugstores. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.